You are listening to WQPH 89.3 FM, Shirley Fitchburg. Queen Perpetual Help and welcome to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. And on this week's broadcast, we bring you being interviewed by our own Mary Ann, the return guest, Ned and Mike. Now, Ned and Mike are from the Fatima Shrine. They are here to talk about the history of the Fatima Shrine, some upcoming events and monthly events that take place at the Shrine, and the power of prayer. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in today. You're listening to Local Matters, and we have two fabulous guests today. They are from the Fatima Shrine, and if you've been there, you know how hard they work. Mike Ferrigno, hello. Hello, Marianne. How did you get to be working there? I think I heard about it from a friend, and I went there, and I met Ned, Mm -hmm. uh, who's now our vice president. He introduced me to the board and said, you want to let this slug into uh, the, the board of they somehow said yes, so I looked out. Okay, we have Ned here, and he can defend himself. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Yeah, Mike's been a blessing. Yes. Um, I've been involved in the Shrine for probably almost almost 30 years, I think. Wow. It was way back. Um, I used to live in Brighton. That's where we're located. It's the old former Passionist Monastery in Brighton up on the hill there behind St. Elizabeth's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And the shrine, I think, has been there since 1969. Wow. So, yeah. And how did the history of it happen? How did it develop? It started, uh, believe it or not, in the late 50s when the Fatima devotion was beginning to spread around the world. The Passionists had a retreat house. The monastery itself is a historical building. One of the reasons why it's uh, historical is because of the architecture, which is a Spanish mission style. But also, it was the first place in the United States that they held retreats for lay men. And so with that, a group of them got together under the direction of one of the Passionists and formed a First Saturday group. And they called themselves the Crusaders of Fatima. And they would meet on the first Saturday of each month in the basement of the monastery. At the first meeting, they said they had over 200 men. Wow. Yeah, so uh, that was the late 1950s. Then in 1963, they held their first candlelight procession on the grounds on October 13th, 1963. And over 5,000 people showed up. Oh, wow. So it was from there that they thought they can support a shrine. So they incorporated, became a nonprofit, 5013C, and began to raise money to build the shrine. One of the biggest fundraisers they had was one of the hotels down Boston, and Cardinal Cushion was the honorary chair of the fundraising commission, believe it or not. And uh, every member of the entire Massachusetts delegation, the mayor, the governor, all were there to raise money for this little shrine, uh, including Ted Kennedy, Tip O'Neill, and the Cardinal Archbishop of Fatima, Portugal, also was there, so... And they raised enough money to build the shrine. And the shrine was built and opened up in 1969, I believe. Took them a few years to raise the money, I guess. But What a fascinating history that is. I never knew that. Yeah. It was in conjunction of the, with the Crusaders of Fatima and the local Portuguese-American uh, mm-hmm. society that helped. They actually flew to Portugal and met with Sister Lucia, uh, who consulted with them on the, um, the statue that we have in the shrine. 
Um, it was actually carved by the same person who carved the statue that's in Fatima, Portugal now. His name was Thedem. And he also drew a sketch uh, of a drawing of the miracle of the sun that we have on the wall there in the shrine as well. So, I never knew that. Yeah. Very interesting. Wow. So now fast forward to today. It's how many years that you, you both have been uh, administrating there. What's happening now? What's your future plans, your dreams? We have a lot going on now. Uh, mainly our main devotion is the uh, First Saturday devotion. And I think everybody is familiar with that devotion. Yes. It was on the uh, third apparition on July 13th, uh, 1917, when Our Lady appeared to the three children and told the children that she would come back and ask at some other point for the conversion of Russia to establish the communal reparations on the first Saturday of each month. And that's really our main devotion at the shrine. And we promote that devotion. And it involves uh, going to Mass, receiving Holy Communion, saying a rosary, uh, meditating for 15 minutes on the other mysteries of the rosary, in conjunction with the regular conditions of receiving a plenary indulgence, like going to confession and praying for the Holy Father. And that's kind of the crux of the first mm -hmm. Saturday devotion. Beautiful, and, beautiful. And I think we've held it on the grounds there since the 1950s, and if I'm not mistaken, there's only been two first Saturdays where we actually haven't had it. That's amazing. And it's uh, kind of remarkable considering well, just recently we've uh, kind of gone through a renovation phase of it where the property itself has been bought by a private developer. But we were able to preserve this two-acre piece of land where the shrine is. Oh, it's two acres. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there's a cemetery on the ground, and there's a rosary walk and some stations, as well as the shrine. So we're kind of uh, fortunate with all this development that's going on around us to be able to have this little oasis in the middle of the city um, that's been protected. And uh, It's beautiful. I, I know if you're listening and you have not been there, you want to put it on your calendar to visit. What's the address of the shrine? It's uh, 155 Washington Street in Brighton. It's up on the hill behind St. Elizabeth's Hospital. It's the old St. Gabriel's uh, Monastery and Church that are no longer functioning as such, but uh, they've been renovated and converted into apartments. But the shrine is still there with the uh, property around it. And then at any given day, you shouldn't have any issue finding parking. Good, Yeah. very good. I just want to um, touch on one thing that, that Ned said in terms of the Blessed Mother asking the first Saturdays for reparation. In, in 1917, the Blessed Mother told the children that this was for the, um, the sins that Russia was committing and um, the errors that Russia would spread around the world. And at that time, the children didn't know the country Russia, they thought she was a woman who was probably promiscuous or something because they were little kids, they didn't know. But um, it was the rise of communism, I think that she was referring to, um, atheistic communism. And so I think it's 
it's kind of appropriate today where you see the influence of communism and um, totalitarian socialism even in our own culture. Um, you know, the rise of abortion, the, the destruction of the nuclear family. And so I think it's very apropos that that's why we're, we're there at the shrine and we're offering up reparation for the sins and the errors of, of uh, people turning to totalitarian communism for answers. Good point. Good point. So you do the first Saturdays, and I love going there because there's always a priest there to hear my confession. He doesn't know me. And sometimes people like to do that, huh? <laughs> we get so bogged down in our habits, and that reparation there is very powerful. And you, fi you can feel it. You can feel it. And then your processions are so beautiful. Talk yeah, about those uh, processions. That's the, uh, another devotion we have are the candlelight processions that we have on the 13th of each month from May through October. It's uh, based on Our Lady's request that each apparition, one of the first things Our Lady would say to the children is, I want you to come back here on the 13th of next month. So we take that to heart, and on the 13th of each month from May through October, to commemorate the six apparitions that took place there in Fatima, we have a candlelight procession at 8 p.m. at night. It usually takes part with adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, and we process around the grounds, and we come back, and then we finish up with benediction. We usually have a priest from the archdiocese or from one of the religious orders uh, give a small little talk uh, as part of that as well. And when we're processing, Marianne, we're praying the rosary. Oh. Yeah, yeah it's a rosary procession. Oh, rosary that's procession. beautiful. Yeah. And it's kind of nice. The shrine is uh, not very large. It probably can hold um, maybe 7,500 people, but right. we have the extended grounds around it, and it's surrounded by glass, and we have outdoor speakers, so we right. uh, can add this outdoor component to it so we can actually accommodate a lot more people. Yeah. Um, I think on the anniversary we had, what, around 350 I think throughout the whole day we had about 500 people 500 coming people, and going, yeah. but not, a, not all at one time. Right. Yeah. Right. So that was on, uh, in, yeah. Was so that we open the 13? windows and people can hear, and we put the seats outside when we have overflow crowds. Wonderful. Yeah. And it's so idyllic. It's like you're in another country you don't know. You're in Boston. Yeah. In the heart of Boston, Brighton. Yeah, it's the, the landscape is very nice. The, uh, original landscapers of the property were uh, the Olmsted brothers, who were famous landscape architects. Wow. Most of their original design uh, is no longer there, but some of those trees, um, like the beech trees, are over 100 years old. Wow. And it kind of gives us right. seclusion from the street. Yeah. And yes. uh, it is like walking into another area when you go in onto the property. It is. Yeah, I think the Olmsted brothers, they designed... Uh, Central Boston, Park in Central New York. Central Park in New York. Yeah, yeah. most of the parkways. Yeah. 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 I'm a little biased, Marianne, but I believe we have the most beautiful statue of the Blessed Mother in the state. It is just absolutely beautiful. Everybody falls in love with that statue. She's gorgeous. Yeah. And she comes out of the statue when you're there. You feel yeah. her presence yes. when you're praying the rosary. Yeah. Uh, you just elevate it to another level yeah. of uh, holiness that's hard to come by, right? Yeah, 
and and like I said, that statue was actually made by one of the original sculptors of the uh, statue that's in Fatima now, a Portuguese uh, sculptor yeah. by the name of Thedem. His uh, last name was Thedem. Yeah. And he actually stamped uh, the drawn sketched. He was known for doing a sketch of every, before he sculptured anything, he would do a sketch of it. And um, so he did a pencil on paper sketch of the Miracle of the Sun with the uh, statue in the center of it. And he carved the statue from that. Um, and so we have the statue. We actually have the drawing as well. So Very interesting. Yeah, so one of our members who just passed away, Fred McKenna, uh, claims that that sketch is probably a relic because Sister Lucia dictated the design of uh, the sketch as the artist was drawing it. Wow. So yeah. uh, I don't know how true that is, but that's... Uh, what was passed on to us so interesting yeah interesting and so now i i see you're doing a lot of very courageous things you're having the masses for life the pro-life masses um, yes we have a pro-life mass the third saturday of every month and then the second saturday of every month we have a cynical mass for priests so you're uh, covering the whole field of what needs to be covered yeah right? we're we're trying to, you know, incorporate those masses because we feel it fits in with the Fatima message. It does. Yeah, yeah. It we've really been does. using the uh, Father Gobi's uh, format of the Marian Movement Priest, um, which is really an extension of the Fatima message. It is. And devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Right. At the same time, praying for our priests, um, as we know who need it very badly yeah. these days, especially good, holy Marian priests. Yeah. Yes. So that's been a blessing. We started that a couple of years ago. Um, we got quite a following behind that. Yeah. So, yes. and that's on the second Saturday of each month. What time of the day do these things happen? Well, the cynical we try to have it at nine a.m. Uh, sometimes it depends on uh, the priest that will be leading us that day. But normally it's nine a.m. The first Saturday of each month that we have is on at nine a.m. each first Saturday. Uh, the pro-life mass is at a little different time. 10.30. We usually have the mass at 10.30 because some of the pro-life people who are praying in front of the clinics finish up at 10, so that allows them to then get to the mass. Yeah. And then you're doing weekly prayers? Yeah, we, we have been attempting to have a daily rosary, pro-life rosary there every day. And, of course, for a long time we've had the rosary for peace on Sunday. It's been going pretty well in terms of the daily rosary. One of the people who were was attending Carmel is sick, so a couple of days have fallen off. But usually our goal is to have a, a rosary for life every day there at the shrine. It's beautiful. And we use the devotion to the holy face as part of that rosary. Yeah, yeah. on Saturday we have um, a devotion to the holy face where we do the holy face chaplet and the Litany to the Holy Face and some special prayers. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the Litany of the Holy Face. And the Feast of the Holy Face is on Tuesday, Mardi, Mardi Gras Mardi Day, Gras. right? Yes. That's a very powerful day in, uh, for evil in our country. We won't talk about what parts of the country, mm. but... Um, We've talked a little bit about the, the uh, that satanic mass that's coming to Boston in April. And... I think it's a good opportunity to prepare for that as well as for Lent 
by praying for children because I think children often end up being the victims right. of this kind of diabolical, Amen. demonic Amen. kind of thing. And we've had a lot of requests at the shrine to pray for children, uh, school children, children, Amen. local schools, Catholic schools, yeah. may not be even getting the faith that they should be getting. And so it's become a big focus for us. That's a very good um, idea to pray for children. Yeah, especially, Marianne, in light of, you know, the uh, the National Satanic Conference that's going to be held in Boston, I, I think it's on the 28th, where the satanic cults are trying to start Satan clubs in elementary schools, um, which is beyond the insane. So the prayers are really, really needed for the children. I was sharing with some members of the board recently that the CDC came out in a report that said 57% of elementary school children, teenagers in America, 57% are severely depressed, and over 30% have considered committing suicide in the past year. So Horrifying. We, we need to pray for our kids, and we need to offer up the Mass for them, because it's needed. It's very needed. Yeah, so one of the focuses is to pray, you know, for this satanic temple uh, having their convention in Boston is to try to prevent them from doing that. And one of the things they're promoting is that it says here, Satan has a imaginary friend to children. And this group, Satanic Temple, they're out of Salem, Massachusetts, and they state there's over 2,500 members in the Boston area, and they're having their convention here in April. So I think it's a good time during Lent to prepare and pray that this is not successful or that it doesn't take place. Amen. We pray for the conversion of those who have Amen. gone this way. We pray for their conversion. Anything is possible with God, right? Amen. And a, a quote from one of the things that, one of the statements they made was, that the Satanic Temple does not advocate for religion in schools. The group claims on its website, however, once religion invades schools, as the good news clubs have, the Satanic Temple will fight to ensure that plurality and true religious liberty are respected. So they claim that Satanism is actually a religion. So they advocate for their own for First Amendment rights. Um, but Satanism is not a religion. Um, I don't know how you can call something uh, that is anti-God, uh, anti-religious, a religion. Uh, and yet they try to get away with that and try to get parody wherever they can. It's just insane. It's just crazy. So a lot of you out there are thinking, what can I do? What can I do? I can't do anything about this, right? What's your answer to that? What can people do? Come to our our... First Saturday Masses, come to our cynical Masses, come to our pro-life Masses. I, like I, I said that, um, I mentioned before that the satanic cults consider abortion their number one sacrament, like we consider receiving our Lord and the Holy Eucharist our number one sacrament. So I think that the most powerful prayer in the world is the Mass. So go to Mass 
Um, you're welcome to come to the shrine and join us, but go to Mass. And the second most powerful prayer, I think, is the Rosary. So keep up those two practices and start there. All right. Do you have any other thoughts of what people can do? Uh, you certainly can pray the Rosary. Uh, the shrine is open all day long. If anybody wants to stop by, just say a prayer, say a Rosary. We encourage people to say the Rosary as much as uh, they can every day uh, if possible it's the greatest weapon against evil and satan there is in the world our lady repeated that at every apparition at fatima uh, please play the rosary every day and i just want to read from your this is a quote from cbn news and they reported that there's this promotional semi video that's out there uh, from the satanic group uh, that includes a song that encourages young children to embrace Satan as an imaginary friend. And the video repeats and states there is no hell and tries to convince children that Satan doesn't actually exist. He's an uh, imaginary friend. And this ties into the message of Fatima because one of the, at the July apparition, she actually showed these children a vision of hell. Uh, these kids were eight, nine, ten years old. Um, so I think it hits home here, um, and it ties in um, to the reality of these things that we hold as doctrines of a faith. And it's important that young people realize that and that we pray for them um, and that they understand these things. That's why I think religious instruction is so important today. And I know a lot of the children, um, it's even at Catholic schools, are, are not getting the true doctrine of the faith. Well, even in the Catholic schools, Marianne, we, we have reports of teachers who are not Catholic teaching there and teaching woke culture, um, LBGT CRT. stuff. Yeah, all, all this crazy anti-faith stuff. Um, and it's, you know, you ask, well, what can we do about it? I think the first thing we can do is we can pray and fast that these things come to an end. And Ned was saying, you know, what devotions, the Mass and the Rosary, and also if people want to go beyond that, the Holy Face devotion, which is very, very powerful uh, against Satan and against evil. And, uh, of course, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. All right. Do you have a website, uh, Ned? We do. Uh, our website is... Uh, Fatima Shrine Boston. It's www.fatimashrineboston, all one word, dot org. We have a Facebook page. It's at Fatima Shrine Boston. Instagram, same thing, Fatima Shrine Boston. Um, Good. And if people want to volunteer? You can just you let one of us know there's information on the webpage. Do you, do you need volunteers? Uh, we always need volunteers. We always, always. we always welcome volunteers and new members. Yes. And you know, if you live a little bit out, and you have a car and a good driver, you could stuff that car yeah. every week with a different group of people and bring them. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, huh? Yeah. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. Stuffing people in cars that I find a driver that can drive, and we go and we see what God has for us, the Fatima Shrine, et cetera, et cetera. Amen. And it's excitement. And then they go and feed Amen. their little faces afterwards. Yes. Got to yeah. have a little perk. So I think you're doing a great job. I'm very proud to know both of you. You work tirelessly. Ned, you just retired, right? 
I retired from my, my job, but I haven't re- retired. I'm still working, doing things, working at a, a Catholic elementary school, as a matter of fact. Uh, if I can give them a plug, Sparhawk Academy and, and Millis and Sherbin, working there part-time, teaching religion. Wow. Yeah. At, in Sherbin, Mass? Sherbin Millis, uh, oh. Massachusetts, yeah. It's a brand new school, about five years old. Um, it's great for boys, three through uh, eighth grade. I'd never even heard of it. Yeah, it's it's relatively new. It's a beautiful bucolic spot out in an old farm in uh, in, in the Millis out in one fifteen. Beautiful place, and uh, you know, on much spirituality of Opus Day. It's a great place. I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned this. I know people out there that could share some good places too, because it goes out by the word of the vine, right? people talking and telling. And what drew you, Mike, to this apostolate? What drew you to come to be part of the apostolate at the Fatima Shrine? I think it was uh, divine intervention, the Blessed Mother just having mercy and saying, this guy needs a lot of help, let's get him over (laughs) to the Fatima Shrine. (laughs) Okay, well we're gonna close now. Who has a special prayer they'd like to close with? I'd like to finish with a, a Fatima prayer. Good idea. I, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. I beg the pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, do not or do not love thee. I believe, I adore, I hope, hope and I love, love thee. thee. I beg I the beg pardon, pardon for those who do not believe, believe do not adore, adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. thee. Jesus, I believe, I adore, hope, I hope, and I love, love thee. thee. I beg the pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, and do not love thee. Amen. So I know Our Lady's waiting for you, listening out there, to come to 155 Washington Street on a Saturday would be nice, right? Amen. And join her troop of diligent, fervent prayer warriors. We need you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Thank you to my two guests, Mike and Ned, keep Thanks up for the good us. work. Thanks God for having us. God bless you. Hi, my name is Ned Green. I'm the director of the Shrine to Our Lady of Fatima in Brighton, Massachusetts. And I'm here to tell you about a very important event coming up. On the 25th of March, the Feast of the Annunciation, we are going to be privileged to have the International Pilgrim Statue of Our Lady of Fatima. We'd like to invite all of you there to come and see the statue. The morning will begin with Holy Mass at 9 a.m., followed by adoration and exposition. We will be processing with the statue around the grounds of the shrine and ending with benediction and a talk from the custodian, uh, Patrick Sebet, about this, the history of the statue. We will be saying the rosary as well and have a consecration to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, along with the litany to the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I'd like to invite all of you, all your Fatima devotees, to come and join us on that day. This statue is world famous. Many people have heard about it. Uh, it has visited over 100 countries, including Russia and China, uh, bringing the great message of salvation and hope, the peace plan from heaven to countless millions of people. Uh, the custody of the mission of this statue has been granted to the World Apostle of Fatima, or Our Lady's Blue Army, which continues their journey throughout the world. 
and many miracles have been associated with many graces. Um, there'll be an opportunity to be invested into the brown scapula, which is connected to the message of Fatima. So if any of you are curious about coming and seeing this world-famous statue has traveled around the world to countless millions of people with miracles associated with it, come and join us for that day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast and hope you have a blessed week.